Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how many megapixels the human eye is, some of the coolest airport activities you can find during your next layover, and a research-backed method for working toward and achieving your goals. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. Have you ever wondered about the resolution of the human eye, as in how many megapixels it is? Well, it turns out scientists can answer that question, but it might be the wrong question to ask. I don't even know what a megapixel is. The number of megapixels in a camera is basically a measure of the resolution of that camera. Basically, that's how detailed of an image it can take. The more megapixels you have, the smaller the individual squares that your camera is going to pick up in a given image. So you can have much smaller details. Got it. Yeah. And the megapixel is like about a million pixels? Exactly. Okay. Not exactly a million pixels, but about a million pixels. Right. Cool. So how many megapixels in her eye, Ashley? Well, there is one person who has figured this out. According to scientist and photographer Dr. Roger Clark, the resolution of the human eye is 576 megapixels. There you go. That's the answer. That means that in order to create a screen with a picture so sharp and clear that you can't distinguish the individual pixels, you would have to pack 576 million pixels into an area the size of your field of view. To get this number, Dr. Clark assumed optimal visual activity across your field of view. In other words, he assumes your eyes are moving around the scene in front of you. But in a quick glance, the speed of a snapshot, the resolution drops to a fraction of that, around 5 to 15 megapixels. That's because your eyes actually have a lot of flaws that cameras don't. You only see high resolution in a very small area in the center of your vision, called the fovea. You've got a blind spot where your optic nerve meets with your retina. And you don't just move your eyes around a scene to take in more information. You also move your eyes to correct for these imperfections in your visual system. And that's why asking about the megapixel resolution of your eyes is kind of asking the wrong question. Your eye isn't a camera lens that takes snapshots to save to a memory card in your brain. It's more like a detective that collects clues from what it sees, then takes them back to the brain to put the pieces together and form a complete picture. When it comes to our daily visual experience, talking in megapixels is way too simple. I hope the reason is clear. The holidays are coming up, and that means you might be traveling. And that means you might have to deal with a layover. Most of the time, you don't have a lot of options when you're sitting around an airport for 6, 8, or even 12 hours. But there are a few airports with unexpected amenities that might make the wait a little more tolerable. Although I gotta say, I usually don't have long layovers. I usually get those 45-minute layovers where you have to basically sprint to the next gate. Yeah, same. I wish I had long layovers. So then I could kind of enjoy myself, maybe eat at one of their restaurants. Sometimes they have restaurants from the local area that, you know, I could try new food without ever going to the city. I love the local area stuff. Totally. But these airports have even more local er area stuff. I'm ready. <laughs> If you are of legal drinking age, then the Munich airport in Germany is a pretty great place to be. Sure, lots of airports have bars, like Ashley mentioned, but in the Munich airport, you'll also find the actual brewery that supplies the beer. Airbrau is home to an award-winning lineup of cold ones, and you can even take a brewery tour if you've got the time. If beer's not your thing, but you love art, then you might want to stop over, then you might want to skip over to the Amsterdam airport Schiphol. Amsterdam's world-famous museum, the Rijksmuseum, has a branch in the airport itself, right in the leisure zone between Lounge 2 and 3 at the airport. 
That makes this airport the only one in the world with a display of 17th century art. Here in the US, Los Angeles International Airport has a great way to de-stress, assuming you like animals. It's called the Pets Unstressing Passengers Program, or PUP. Therapy dogs and their handlers roam the departure levels of each terminal, providing both comforting furballs and flight information. I was just in LAX and I kept my eyes peeled for dogs, but I did not see any. Oh no! Hopefully next time. I'm holding out hope. <laughs> and if you like animals of a less fluffy variety, then you should stop by to see our neighbors in Canada at the Vancouver International Airport. The Vancouver Aquarium has an airport exhibit there, where you'll see wolf eels, iridescent striped sea perch, and brightly covered kelp greenlings all zipping around among 20,000 marine plants. We've got even more fun airport activities in our full write-up on Curiosity.com and on our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But I hope you're inspired to do a little research on wherever you're spending your next layover. Who knows? It could be fun. Speaking of cool activities for airports, you've got to check out this game called Anomia, spelled A-N-O-M-I-A, which also happens to be today's sponsor. I'm a gamer, and I totally recommend this game. When I say gamer, I mean like I will play four to six hour strategy board games with friends at actual gaming conventions. But not all my friends are hardcore gamers, including my wife. So I'm always on the lookout for games that use a little brain power and are fun, but don't take two full hours to set up and explain. That's a thing I literally deal with. We tried this game in Nomia here in the office, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I usually do not like board games, but I loved this one. Anomia is pretty engaging because as each player flips over cards, it could be anyone's turn at any time. So you're not just sitting there spacing out, waiting for someone to take their turn and wishing you were somewhere else. <laughs> when it is your turn, you've got to think fast. You might have to name a breakfast cereal or a scientist or a dinosaur. So that sounds easy, right? But when you're under pressure, there can be some pretty hilarious results, especially based on our experience playing the game. And new for 2018 is a kid's version called Anomia Kids for ages 5 and up. So there's fun for all ages. Look for Anomia and Anomia Kids, spelled A-N-O-M-I-A, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and your local toy and game shop. We'll also put a link to buy it in today's show notes. If you feel stuck in your life and don't know what to do, or you're just trying to change a habit or deal with a transition, then we've got just the acronym for you. This research-backed method has helped people in a number of studies improve their behavior, and all you need to remember is the word whoop. 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 Not woo like Ric Flair. Woo. There's a P at the end of this. That's right. You don't know who Ric Flair is, do you? No, I don't. Doesn't matter. Keep okay. going. Okay. <laughs> well, to give you an idea of how effective the whoop method can be, here are a few examples of how it's helped participants in different studies. In one study, participants doubled how much they exercised in a four-month period. Whoop has also helped patients suffering from type 2 diabetes improve their self-care, and it increased how diligently high schoolers worked on preparing for standardized tests by 60%. Pretty solid results. So here's how it works. Whoop stands for Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, Plan. It's a four-step mental strategy for realizing and achieving your wishes or goals. In studies, this method is described as mental contrasting. Basically, this means picturing yourself achieving your goals, then comparing it with where you are in your present life. Doing this helps you identify the obstacles preventing your present life from becoming your dream life. Here's a breakdown of the four steps. For wish, you identify your wish. Could be a big career goal or just a small personal goal like forming a daily habit. Then for outcome, you identify the best possible outcome of that wish coming true. How would you feel if you could achieve your goal? 
Then for obstacle, you identify the obstacles keeping you from fulfilling your wish. What's holding you back from your wish and stopping you from getting that outcome? And finally, for plan, you identify a plan to fulfill your wish. What can you do to start overcoming those obstacles? So let's try the WHOOP method with making your bed every day. You wish you could make your bed every day. The outcome could be that your room would look cleaner and you'd feel more focused during your day. The obstacles could be that you're too sleepy or too rushed in the morning. And your plan could be to go to bed earlier or do jumping jacks when you wake up so you're not so sleepy, or just wake up earlier so you're not as rushed. Try the WHOOP method yourself and let us know if it helps. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.